in this magnificent cathedral, we are surely on firm ground. Christopher Wren's masterpiece is still splendid in its fourth century. We have all seen the iconic image of this dome, towering miraculously untouched above the wreckage of wartime London. What we may not know is that below us, in the crypt, lie the tombs of Admiral Nelson and the Duke of Wellington, who, by their victories over Napoleon, secured the nation's safety. What could be more solid than St. Paul's Cathedral? Well, I wonder if people said the same about the first St. Paul's Cathedral that stood on this site. Until, that is, it went up in flames. And the second St. Paul's Cathedral that the Vikings destroyed, and the third, which also burnt down, and the fourth, whose spire was hit by lightning, its fabric ravaged by the Civil War, and in the Great Fire of London, burnt to the ground. So as solid as it may seem, this big box of bricks and glitter, maybe we shouldn't get our hopes up. Today's readings remind us that there are two kinds of reality. The things we can see, and behind those, the realer things that we can't see. And Jesus makes it pretty clear which one we're supposed to invest in. Sell your stuff, give away the money. The thieves and the moths will only get it anyway. Store up treasure in heaven. The trouble is that in the 21st century, the material world seems to offer us pretty much everything. There are four people alive on this planet who have walked on the moon. There are four billion who now have access to penicillin, a discovery for which Alexander Fleming also won his tomb in this cathedral. I have a friend where I work in Oxford who studies the philosophy of quantum mechanics, which to you and me means parallel universes. The very nature of reality, which was once a subject for philosophers and theologians, now science covers the lot. No wonder then that for very many people today, the material world is the only world there is. A big enough telescope, a fine enough microscope, and eventually there will be nothing outside the human sight. 
there are still some of us who come to church on a Sunday morning ready to confess our belief in the God who is the maker of all things, seen and unseen. But does that stop Christians from worrying about their pensions? It does not. Believer or unbeliever, we are all physical creatures. And we want the solidity of things that we can see and touch and count. Stuff brings us comfort and security. Stuff makes us feel safe. And that is exactly why Jesus warns us of it. Safety doesn't change much. Ask any scientist. Were the first vaccines safe? The first heart transplant? Is it safe to fire people into space? If a rock climber gets a really good hold and hangs onto it, she falls off the cliff. All progress is a call to risk. Abraham is the hero of today's reading from Hebrews. The book of Genesis tells us that Abraham began life as a manufacturer of idols, that is, little statues that people carried around and prayed to. In other words, this Abraham's livelihood depended on the worship of material things. Fine by him, the kids were fed, the mortgage paid. Who could ask for anything more? But the God who made all things made each one of us. And so God knows there's more. More to Abraham, more to you and me than endless making stuff and getting stuff and buying stuff and eating stuff. More to our happiness than the pleasure that we may get from a single malt or a trip down Oxford Street. God calls us to be fully alive, not just with all the possible aliveness of our being, but with all the possible aliveness of God's being. A being that is not material, not death-bound, not limited by the physical laws of stuff. A being that is pure spirit, 
that goes wherever it wants to, that will take us wherever it wants to as well. God's call is the end of safety. Abraham abandoned the familiar and he set out not knowing where he was going. No boarding pass, no visa waiver, nothing but faith in things that no eye has seen or ear heard or mind imagined. The things God has in store for those who love him. And Abraham's only food for the journey was hope. So friends, let me ask you, what is your hope? When you made your journey here today, what were you hoping for? To see this majestic cathedral? Enjoy it while it lasts. To stand in the city, perhaps, the world's richest square mile. Okay. But remember that in 1859, the world's richest square mile was in Central City, Colorado. Give it another 50 years, and some other gold rush will have taken the wealth who knows where. St. Paul, for whom this great church is named, he had every kind of earthly security. And he called it rubbish and risked it all to gain Christ instead. And if our only hope is for things that we can see. Well then, Paul said, we are of all people most to be pitied. But what if our hope is for mercy? What if we came here not seeing, not in the world around us, but believing that there could be forgiveness, a superhuman generosity, a prodigious gentleness, an outrageous love? a resplendent truth. If our hope is for things unseen 
when we are children of God and fellow heirs with Christ, called to inherit that other city with eternal foundations, that it is our Father's good pleasure to give us. And if those unseen things of God seem too remote even to reach for, look where you are sitting, in the house that faith built, not once, but five times over. Our journey to the heavenly city began as soon as we came here. When we approach this altar to receive God's blessing touch, it will continue. And when today or someday in the future, we receive the Lord's body and blood at his altar, then we journey deeper still. Because you see, the distance between heaven and earth that seems to us mortals so daunting. In the body of Christ, God has leapt it. In one small step for a man who, though he was God, did not cling to equality with God, who assumed our flesh, died our death, and all to show us this, that the Lord, the Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth, of all things seen and unseen, that God is not ashamed to be called our God. God with us. God for us. Do not be afraid, little flock. He stands at the gateway to the kingdom. holding it open so that we too may come and follow him home.